powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Welcome, everyone, to Game Over Calgary after the Calgary Flames pick up a win over the Islanders of New York. Uh, the final score in this one, a bunch to one. I believe 4-1 ends up being the final score. Um, I'm not hearing anything in my headphones. Hopefully you are hearing things in yours or whatever listening device you are using uh, as we are putting a bow on a Friday night with the Flames picking up a win. Coming up on the program today, we'll talk about uh, X-Factors for this win. We will talk about... Uh, X-Factor seems a bit... Um, to almost be selling short, but Nazem Kadri was phenomenal in this game. We will discuss that, and we'll get ready for the Flames' upcoming road trip. Think you know what way it's going to go? Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it is hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live, in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all that sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That is sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. 19 years and older, please play responsibly. Um, if this is an area you have issues in, there is no shame in that game, but there are links in the show notes to get help um, as this is something that can snowball on people rather quickly. All right. Uh, the chat. Thank you to Carl Valfredson uh, letting us know that the chat uh, or that the sound is all good. So thank you to Carl for that. And thank you to the Flames for their performance this evening as they pick up a 4-1 win over the New York Islanders. Um, from the start of this game, Calgary was fantastic. And and make no mistake about it, for about 100% of this game, the Calgary Flames were in complete control. The shot clock may not have showed it, but the Flames at no point did they have, uh, I don't think, any real issues with the Islanders this evening. For New York, obviously, just to get the caveats out of the way early here, yes, they were playing on a back-to-back. -back. Yes, they were without Matt Barzell. And this is the type of game, they were talking about it on the broadcast tonight, this is the type of game that you should be winning. Um... I was a little bit worried because you, you see the start that the Flames were on. And the weird thing about the way this game started from a Flames perspective is they played pretty well in that first period, but then there were a couple of chances that the Islanders had where it's like, oh shit, right, this is still just a one or a two goal hockey game and they're one shot away from making it a one goal one. They get the three nothing insurance and then, um, what was it, Parise scored late to uh, kind of raise an eyebrow for it. Uh, and like left-handed penman says in the chance, uh, in the chat here, I think the Islanders had better chances. We had possession. I think that's actually kind of accurate. Like the flames had the puck a ton and then the Islanders would come down and March would have to make an excellent save. And then the flames would have a puck for a ton. And then the Islanders would come down and Ar March would have to make an excellent save. Like it just felt like the game had a, a kind of a yin and yang feel to it. It's just a, um, at, Roller coastery type feel, uh, as cliche as them, that may sound, as uh, Mark's saying in the chat, finally some shooting luck. And yes, Robert, we do love a win in, around these parts. For the Flames, though, I still think they were the better team. Like, the Islanders had better chances. Um, at, at least they had some. The Flames scored four, and I, I think created a couple of other ones off of that. But um, the, the Flames were the better team in this hockey game tonight, I felt. And... This is the type, like I said before, this is the type of game that you have to win, where you are facing a team coming off of a back-to-back, -back, they don't have their best player. I was a little bit worried where I was like, oh man, this is going to be one of those games where we're talking about like, yeah, it was a win, but 
Maybe it wasn't the best win, but hey, a win's a win, and let's go into the road trip on that. But th this was the convincing victory that I think this Flames team needed, and on the last game over, we talked about kind of building off of things. This is, again, the type of performance you can build off of. Like, this is um, how you should execute offensively, defensively. Again, a couple of breakdowns, but overall, it's kind of how you should play, and Markstrom has to be feeling good coming off of a win like this. Just one of those ones where I didn't think there were a ton of passengers in this game. I I'm quite positive about the, the viewing experience from a Calgary Flames standpoint for this game today. And it started right from the word go. They were all over the Islanders, I thought, early in this game. And they talked about it on the broadcast, how the Islanders have troubles with their starts. That was not an issue for the Flames. They, they took full advantage. And not only was it, oh man, a couple of chances, can't believe they're only up one. They took advantage and these capitalized on their opportunities. And Calgary's been a pretty good first period team this season, but it feels like there's been even more left on the table from a Calgary perspective. In this game, did not seem like that. I thought Calgary played really, really well in the first and took advantage of the opportunities that they had when they were presented to them. And I don't want to say coasted from there. This was not a high event game. The final uh, shot told 25-21 from an Islanders perspective. This was not a game where we're going to be talking about a wild and crazy night. This is actually one of those games where you're going to talk about late in the season. Yeah, it's really tough to get up for the Islanders on a Friday night. You know, like that. it's, it's one of those ones, but it's a game that the Flames won. Um, and yeah, like to, to Robert's point, they, they looked like the faster team. They looked like the better team through uh, one period of play and just rode that momentum the, the rest of the way. Didn't really let the Islanders get back into it. And the thing that I really like, um, it, it's funny, you see the, the, the clip, Kadri snipes one home. Yeah, I mean, it went top shelf and that I, I suppose counts as a snipe. It wasn't like Steve Eiserman against the St. Louis Blues. This was not. Um, but he found the perfect placement for it, and he was able to put the puck in the net. And I don't think you came up on Mike, but uh, behind me, my cat started banging at the door, and I'm the only person home right now, and that scared the hell out of me. Um, but anyway... The thing that you really like, Kadri gets rewarded for a good night, but the Flames put this game away. We've talked about it a few times where the Flames have just kind of let teams hang around. Conrad's mentioned it, and he's not going to be, um, I don't think, super active in in the chat tonight because he was at the game this evening. Uh, Conrad and Audie getting to, to hang out and share their thoughts on the wave, which we, we might be able to get to at the end of the show here. But... Um, the, the, we've, we've seen the Flames before kind of blow some leads in the third period. They did not let up in the third period. Um, the Islanders had some chances for sure, but Calgary got that insurance marker and put this game away. There was no messing around. There was no playing with their food. The Flames were able to get the job done and put this one away. And I, I loved Kadri's game tonight. I thought defensively he was great. In the offensive zone, he was extremely active. The forecheck creates a turnover, creates a goal. Love that for them. This was the type of performance that you get Nazem Kadri for. And quite frankly, it's the type of performance we've been looking for from anybody with this Flames team. And things are going relatively well for the Flames right now, right? Like, they, they flashed it up. They are 8-4-4 four, and four in their last 16 games. So now that would be 9-4-4 four, and four in their last 17. Stats. Um, so that's what? That's points in 13 of their last 17 games. Things are going pretty well, and it still feels like they could, like, it still feels like there's another level for the Flames to get to, right? Part of that is you're waiting for someone to step up and kind of play dominant hockey. For everything I've said about Gaudreau and Kachuk and maybe the lack of missing them I'm doing, um, 
those guys would at times just take things over, right? Like there would be stretches in games and in seasons where Johnny Gaudreau was just like, I'm going to be better than everyone tonight. The Flames haven't really had that this year. And this game from Kadri, I think was kind of the closest we've seen any Flame do that. It's been more, the team is controlling things. It's four lines going, it's blah, 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 blah. Tonight, not that it was a one-man show, but tonight was one of the first times where it was like, oh, this is a Nazem Kadri game, not this was a Calgary Flames game. And we'd like to see more of that now going forward. And he gets the all-star selection. Maybe it's just a matter of like vindication or uh, validation, I guess, where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm still playing at a high level. I can be the all-star for this team. Let's take that next step forward. I, I thought Cal, um, Kadri was except, uh, exceptional tonight. Really, really enjoyed his game. And he gets rewarded for it with a, a goal that, like we said, put this game away. Uh, we got the chat going tonight. We got left-handed penman in there. Uh, Robert, as always, um... Thank you. Uh, the, the best moderator in the game is in the chat. We got Mark and we got Carl, who is repping the Islander side of things this evening. Let's um, let's share this video out on social media. We want to get more people involved in these chats. Uh, let's like the video. We already up to, to six likes like that early on here. Let's get this thing moving a little bit. We, we've said the Flames want to build off of it. I feel like we've had some good shows here. We're trying to build off of this. We're trying to grow this audience. I love doing these shows. There's no way or else I'd rather be on a Friday night than hanging out with you you guys talking about the Calgary Flames and look at that we got a victory to talk about so share the chat like the video subscribe to the channel hit the bell icon so you don't have to follow me on social media I would love for you to follow me on social media at primetime Klein but you get a little bell icon and boom you know where um you know we're live as we do these after every Flames game so you don't have to wait for my tweet you just know okay hey look the dude with the mustache or you know, the good host, uh, Audie, is going to be on um, breaking down the Flames games. So, like the video, share it with all of your friends, and a couple of people you don't like, but you're pretending that you like. Just, you know, keep them in the loop of things. Love that, love that, love that. Thank you all for making us a part of your Friday. Let's go into the chat. Uh, as mentioned before, uh, left-handed penman, sloppy game, praise be to Markstrom. Markstrom was fantastic in this game. Um, I, I thought that he was a big reason why the Flames were able to kind of control this one throughout. We'll get to Markstrom coming up here in the, the second segment. Carl saying, as an Islanders fan, you were the better team, but the Islanders' better offensive weapon in Barzell being uh, out didn't hurt for you. No, that was a wonderful bit of news from a Flames fan perspective to get not that you ever want uh, a player to be hurt and it's unfortunate because the the way the schedule is set up right now this is the islanders only trip to the dome and matt barzell like he, he is a phenomenal player he's not like children from miles around are flocking to the dome to see matt barzell play but i mean he's a player i would get excited to for uh, excited to, to go to the dome for and if i was at the game tonight i'd be a little bummed to to see the tweet coming out saying that barzell wasn't going to be in the, the the lineup for the Islanders tonight. But that was definitely a big advantage for the Flames. And it certainly helped. The Islanders' power play was putrid tonight. Like, they... they I mean, neither team uh, really bathed themselves in a lot of glory with how they played on the power play this evening. But the Islanders, holy crap, they were at the point, it's a cliche joke, but they were at the point where they would be just declining penalties. Like, that, it was really really bad and we'll get to the flames power play woes here in uh a few minutes mark saying finally some shooting luck yeah well from a, a flames perspective there's been a number of great a shots and someone mentioning to foley hitting the post um 
<laughs> the Flames need one of those where you just flip the puck up and it goes in. And you, you blast a shot into a crowd and it happens to get through the goalie. Varlamov with a bit of a rough night. Uh, it was three goals in the first five shots, I believe it was, to start this game. I don't think many of them were his fault as he hadn't played since December 17th and his team, again, didn't really help him out all that much. But yeah, some some uh, shooting luck is definitely something that the, the Flames need a little bit more of going forward. Uh, some more admissions that the Flames were the better team. Carl saying, I've become a semi-Flames fan because of this show. Oh, thank you, Carl. We appreciate that. Um, welcome aboard. Look, I was thinking about it tonight. Just, you know, a little, like, nice back and forth here. There's a bunch of players on the Islanders I like. Like, I've always been a Bavillier fan. Not that, that that's not going out on a limb. Like, oh, yeah, this guy with a great shot who's incredibly talented on a team that's been to the conference finals two times in a row before last year's whatever that was. I'm not going out on a limb here, but really like him, really like Pajot, will always have a soft spot for Parise, and we're always going to be paying attention to Dobson because I believe that was the pick that the Islanders got from the Flames for uh, Hamannick, which is just wonderful if you don't spend a lot of time thinking about that. Uh, Barzell or Nor Barzell, the Islanders power play sucks. Yeah, what was it, two for their last 35 going into this game? Not ideal. And like I said, there's weapons there, but um, Islanders are an interesting team. Like they're, like I said, there's a bunch of players on this team that I like, but they're just kind of there right now. Like they're not going to be uh, a team that's in it for Connor Bedard. They're not going to be a team that's, I don't know if they're going to be remarkably competitive in their division. Although um, like the, as of right now, they are a, a, um, a playoff team. So there, there's, there are things to like about the Islanders, but they're kind of just there right now. Like, they're in that dangerous middle ground, which, again, is fine because you've been to conference finals two years in a row and talking as a Flames fan. Uh, they haven't been to the conference finals since I was 14 years old. So, them's the breaks. Um, just quickly from a power play, or from a, a Flames perspective, looking at the power play, if we're going to nitpick anything about the Flames' performance tonight, it would be with the man advantage. That was atrocious from a, a Flames perspective. And I, I put it out on um, on Twitter at Primetime Klein. Again, I'm mildly amusing. I don't know what they're setting up. Like, it's not just that the power play is struggling, necessarily. Um, I mean, it is. For sure it is. But, like, best case scenario, if you were just out there against four pylons... What are you setting up? Like, it seems like they're just kind of rope-a-doping teams. Everything's on the outside. You're passing it around. There's no urgency. There's barely any movement. And I think you're just kind of hoping that at some point someone on the other team screws up and you get an opening and that creates something. Or you're just hoping for, like, some kind of wild, crazy scramble thingy. And, like, that. that's just... That's not how good power plays work. You know, like, for the, the last 20 years, we've known what Washington's trying to set up. It's an Ovechkin one-timer. Uh, you, even Montreal, you know what they're trying to set up. They're trying to get something over to Cole Caulfield. I don't even know what the Flames are setting up. Like, best-case scenario, if it all goes perfectly, what's it supposed to look like? Because the Islander, Islanders didn't do anything groundbreaking this evening. They just kind of existed in space and were able to get the puck and get a couple of breakaways off of it. Like, that, that power play needs a ton of work before we can even call it average. It was so bad tonight. And... As you continue on, it's something I've harped on before. This is an extremely close league. And this is an extremely close playoff race. The Flames, once again, with that win, coming up on the halfway point of the season, are at 45 points. They are the first wildcard team in the Western Conference. Uh, they are four points up on the St. Louis Blues, who are the third team back outside of a playoff spot right now. 
this is going to be very close. These games are going to be very close. This is, as has been talked about forever, this is a 3-2 league. So that means a lot of one-goal games. You know how you get advantages in one-goal games? Score on the goddamn power play when you have one more person than they do. That That's supposed to be an advantage, not something that you only go like 15% on. So something for the Flames to, to work on anyway. But overall, again, a lot of positives tonight. And as the, the chat pointed out, Markstrom was spectacular. There was a couple of times where, like I said, the Flames were playing really good. They're controlling things. But back come the Islanders with a quality scoring opportunity and oobly, except Markstrom was great, and he comes up with big saves, and again, we talked about it on the last show, not going to harp on it too much, this is why you stick with your dudes, because Markstrom is a very good goalie, he just needed a while to remember it, and he has, and he was great, there was almost a bit of an oopsie behind the goal there, uh, but they they get away from that, and they come away with a victory, but I, I think Markstrom is a very big reason why the Calgary Flames were able to pick up a victory in this game tonight, over the New York Islanders. Another reason, I'm not going to be super heralded as uh, the only way they score, uh, they show up kind of on the score sheet is Lewis getting an assist on the Zadorov goal. I thought the fourth line was really good. And if there were a game over Calgary drinking game, um, you would be able to take a shot because we're going to talk about calling up from the st- someone up from the Stockton Heat. But you, you look at it and just like not every AHL player is created equally. We are very aware that like, just because they came up from the Stockton Heat doesn't... Or, the jeez, Stockton Heat, wow. Calgary Wranglers. Um, there's old habits dying hard. I probably said that a couple of times, sorry. Um, but just because they come up from the Calgary Wranglers doesn't mean that they're going to be exceptional because two guys were. However, fourth line, kind of bad. You add a Razishka to it, passable. You add a Zahora to it, oh, hey, look at that. They're actually good. Do you see the trend that's building here? Like, instead of Richie, and uh, I'm piling on him because he hasn't played in forever, but Richie and Rooney um, and a Lewis on there, you add some young spry legs who are out there creating. Look what happens. Fourth line was awesome tonight. Creating opportunities. Forecheck. Building momentum. Creating turnovers. Causing havoc. Creating scoring chances. Creating goals. Which is still the point of this whole thing. Robert is saying it. Matthew Phillips, please let him play in all capital letters. Um... Look, Matt, I don't think the Matthew Phillips experiment went well. Um, they didn't put him in a phenomenal place to succeed, but you can't call up everyone and put them with Huberto and Kadri. Like, some guys are going to have to succeed on their own. He didn't necessarily. However, give him a, I would love to see a fourth line of all the kids, Rizichka, Zahora, and, and Matthew Phillips. Give it a go for a night. You're playing the Blackhawks on Saturday. Just roll it out there. What's the worst that can happen? You're only going to win 4-2 instead of 5-2? Like, just give it a give it a whirl. I I really liked what I saw from uh, the, the Flames' fourth line this evening. Um, I think Rizichka is one of those guys who just makes everyone around him better, it seems. And I, I just... It's two years in a row now where you've infused youth on the fourth line and it started to go well. So do it more! God! Oh, it's so frustrating. I shouldn't be this frustrated after a Flames win, but just, you, you see the trend happening in front of you. So, oh, well, they aren't fourth line players. Well, maybe they could be. And maybe in 2023, we adjust what we view fourth line players being. Because um, I would... I, I would suggest that having a fourth line that can do that instead of whatever the hell they've been doing for most of the season is kind of what you want. 
rant over. Um, if you missed any of this phenomenal content that we are putting out this evening, uh, or at any point, you can subscribe to the podcast, Game Over NHL, search for it wherever you get your podcast, subscribe to it, and you get all of this in audio form after, plus the other six Canadian teams. Uh, it's a, a great way to kind of keep up with everything going on with the Canadian teams. So subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to this YouTube channel, like it, share, uh, like this video, share it with all of your friends. Let's keep this great conversation going left-handed penman just no, no left-handed penman knows what they're doing uh but luch scored he cemented his spot for another 40 games i i thought of that when huberto set him up i was like oh people who love lucic are going to be riding this for at least the next 10 games at least like he has he has locked in his spot on that line until at least the all-star break now because of that goal tonight set up by, by huberto i thought the exact same thing when when that goal was scored um henry saying flames starting to put things together let's go flames are also kind of just there too the flames they are the landlords of just there. Like they when when there is the timeshare presentation for just there, the flames are the first ones that come up. Their logo is the watermark on like everything that comes across. The flames have been just there since 2004 basically. Um so yes, no, that this is definitely throwing rocks from uh, a lovely glass house that we live in. Uh, cause the flames are just kind of there and have forever been just kind of there. And as someone who has covered a team that's just kind of there for 10 years, just kind of there isn't where you want to be, which is why I'm glad things got shook up this off season and that might've been overdue. And it, it, it's just a cautionary tale for, uh, Islanders fans. Uh, Carl saying that, uh, Bolivier is their, uh, his favorite player too. How could it not be? I, I, I just... I don't know if it's just like when I tune in or whatever, but it seems like every game I watch, he's the Islanders' best player. Um, Barzell is up there too. Like th those are a couple of kids who you really, really like. Who knew Parise could still play? Man, when they when he scored tonight, and they were like, "Oh, Parise has twelve on the year." It's like, man, it's one of those ones where the contract becomes such a big talking point, you kind of forget that ah, this guy's actually pretty good. Um, like, the, the contract was such a big kind of albatross that as soon as he gets bought out, it's like, oh, well, this is a minimum salary player who's going to get 5 to 10 goals and just kind of be there. It's, oh, no, he's at double digits before the All-Star break by the halfway point on pace for 20 goals this year. Love that. Love it for Zach Parise. Um, I thought it was a ridiculous decision for the Wild. I kind of understood it at the time, but man, oh, man, are they paying for it now. A uh, couple of more here. I have kind of lost my place a little bit. Uh, Mark... Carvalho saying, help me out. Is there a better Slovakian center out there than Ruzicka? That's an excellent question. Off the top of my head, I can't think of one. Admittedly, Slovakian centers in the National Hockey League in 2023. Touch of a blind spot for your boy. Um, w without doing a ton of research. Well, firmly at least in the top five, but he might be the number one. Uh, that, that is a, a good point. Matt Catton saying, what will come first, a Markstrom shutout or a Manjapani goal? Uh, I think a Manjapani goal, just because that line is playing so incredibly well. Um, like, that that line is one of the best in the NHL. Backlund normally is the guy. The last couple of games, Coleman has really come along. Manjapani is going to get his. Um, another night where he's kind of quiet, but that, that line is playing so well. I thought he had a really good game the other night. It's building a little bit, so I, I, I do believe that 
the the Manjapani thing will come. The the Markstrom thing, that's a fair one. That's a fair one. Um, but I I I will say the the Manjapani goal is what comes first. Uh, left-handed penman with a find-away flames, baby. That's right. Henry, I'm rooting for 88. He's my favorite player on the team. He would definitely be in that conversation for me. Like, if I were to put uh, a name on the back of the Blasty jersey that I got, uh, Manjapani would certainly be up there. Unless they still charge by letter, in which case, all of a sudden, Lucic becomes a little bit more palatable. You know, or a Dubé, but who knows about that situation. So, um... But yeah, Manjapani would definitely be high on a, a jersey list for me. Conrad entering the chat. Hey, Klein, we stopped the wave. We got two points. Send me an Audi to, to all 41 games. I I mean, I, again, I, I mentioned it on the last one. I am not as anti-wave as others. Um, both Conrad and Audi are, are in the same height demographic as I am. So um, maybe my, my reasoning doesn't really follow through for them, but... It's never interfered with me. I wouldn't do it. A, it's a lot of standing up, and I can't be bothered. Um, B, like I would just, I'm, I'm there to watch the hockey game. If there were going to be a night to do it, a four-one win over the Islanders on a Friday night, like that, that one, I, I, I can explain away. When I was there, and it was a one-goal game against the Canucks on New Year's Eve. Let's sit and enjoy this game, shall we? But if there were to be a night for the wave, this would be it. But yes, overall, Conrad doing God's work and, uh, and and hindering the wave, fighting back against the wave in the Sea of Red, if you will. Uh, Carl, once again, uh, the Islanders, the Flames of the East, the Flames, the Islanders of the West, in terms of play style. In terms of play style, it, it's very similar. Um, in terms of results, like I said, the teams can't be comparable. The Islanders went to the conference finals, Twice in the last three years, uh, two times in a row, and then missing it out last year. The the Flames, if they get playoff series wins in back to back seasons, we are throwing parades and stuff. But uh, in terms of style and play of play, absolutely yes, for sure. Let's keep the the conversation in the chat rolling along as we go into segment number three. Um, I kind of talked about it before, but. Um, Blake Coleman becoming a bit of an X-factor on this team. And we've talked before about how there needs to be maybe a little bit more scoring on this team, right? Like, Huberto, it seems like he's starting to figure things out. And Toffoli just wants to hit posts now, apparently. Um, you have to feel like that one's going to be coming along. But it does feel like this team just needs a little bit more scoring if they're going to get there. And now Coleman has, I, I think it's two goals in the last three games. Um... It feels like if he can get going the way this line has been going, then and do that consistently where he is also providing offense um, while they get the puck moving in the right direction, then all of a sudden this team becomes a little bit more dangerous. And we're going to be talking about trade targets on the show on Sunday. I never like to say we have a guest coming on because things fall through, um, but we do have a guest planned to talk about trade topics um, on Sunday. But it, all of a sudden, if you had one more top six forward and Coleman kind of continues with what he is doing, once again, this team looks a little bit more dangerous. And yeah, of course, Zadorov is scoring. So, I mean, watch out for that. As Conrad said, uh, Zadorov giveth, Zadorov taketh. He was skating in cement on the Islanders' goal. Um, a little bit incorrect on that, Conrad, because you said he was skating. He wasn't. He was standing in cement. And there was just a little boop, 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 and he was beaten. Uh, so, yes, no, that, that, was, that was not a great look for Zadorov, for sure. That was... I've said it before on this thing, right? Like, he... He has a couple of plays where it's like, man, this guy could be like a top four defenseman on a, a really good team. And then there's a couple of times where it's like, yeah, he could seventh defenseman on the AHL. Like it, his floor and ceiling, there is a gigantic gap between the two because as he said, giveth and taketh away for sure. 
Um, what else did I want? Oh yeah, Coleman, really good. Really, like just that that line. If they the, the way the Flames are going to win, because like we said, there haven't been a lot of like hop on guys, let's go performances from star players this year. The way this Flames team is going to be successful ultimately is by being able to roll four lines effectively and just kind of swallowing teams up. And Coleman is allowing them to do that. Um, last one here uh, before we, we kind of wrap things up for the day. Oh, that's not the button I want to press. Looking at the, the upcoming Flames road trip, they have a, a five-game road trip which starts Sunday against the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, all right, so it's Sunday against the Blackhawks. It's perfectly set up. Like, it is game on, day off. Game on, day off, the whole way. So you got Blackhawks, Blues, Blues, um, stars at noon on a Saturday. Um, and then the Predators wrapping it up next Monday before the Flames return home for four games. So what are we considering a successful road trip from a Flames perspective? To me, you got to beat Chicago. You got to beat Nashville. And I, I get the Preds are probably doing better than I think they are because the Preds are always doing better. The, the Preds are right now three points back of the Flames for the last playoff spot. That is a game, again, not saying it's must win. It's fucking January. But we are getting to the halfway point of the season. And the Flames, it is pretty clear, are going to be in a battle for a playoff spot the entire way. Um, right now... In this thing, I believe it's four of the five teams that you were playing on this, or is it all of them? Um, no, Dallas is ahead of them. Four of the five teams you were playing on the, or four of the five games, I guess you were playing on this road trip are against teams behind you in the standings. This should be one of your like, okay, this is where the Flames have turned it on type of things. Like I, I am hoping. For if they come out of this one, yeah, it was three and two, or they were two, two and one. They looked okay. That's not the type of road trip you are wanting from a Flames standpoint. I, I would view three and two um, as kind of unsuccessful at minimum. Um, and this is lofty expectations right now. But given the quality of the competition you are playing, given their proximity to you in the playoffs, I would consider three one and one a success. And anything less than that. I'm not concerned necessarily, but it feels like a wasted opportunity. This is, I think, a huge road trip for the Flames to go into. If you can come away with this, um, with, like I said, 7 out of a possible 10, you really, really set yourself up. And look, as, as left-handed Penman said, can't underestimate the Blues and Preds. Difficult teams to play for sure, but, and I've said this before, like the, the matchup against the Kings... If you are who you say you are, and if you are who you want to be, then those are teams you are beating. This this is your time to establish, like, no, this is a team that is destined for the playoffs. This is the team that everyone was talking about with the Summer of Brad, where they recovered from losing two-star players wonderfully and might be in a better situation now. This is the road trip to prove it on now. I, I am by no means taking the, the Blues and Predators lightly. I am just saying the Flames should be better than them if they are who we think they are and if they are who we want them to be. If this is just a scrape by road trip or if it's a below 500 road trip, not that it's not going to be anyway, but it, it just kind of shows this is going to be a battle for the Flames to get into the last playoff spot, to have the right to get their ass kicked in the first round of the playoffs. I think now is the time to solidify who you are from a Flames perspective. 
A couple more from the chat as we put a bow on this one today. Who's the Flames? Uh, who's the top six forward? The Flames have the assets to acquire that you would want. That is a interesting question, um, and it's one that I've kind of been bouncing around in my head for a little bit. Um, obviously, the Timo Meyer one would be best case scenario. The problem is from a, a cap perspective, the Flames are pretty maxed out when it comes to salary cap stuff. So you would have to get a little bit creative. Um, Meyer, I think, would be a absolutely perfect fit from a, a Flames standpoint. To me, they would never make this trade, and I don't think the, the needs kind of mesh. They've been trying to trade him for a year, year and a half. Pooley Arvey out of Edmonton would be like the exact perfect fit. Like almost too perfect from a Flames standpoint. Edmonton would never do it, and the Flames would never give up what they would need to give up to the Oilers to make it happen. But just from a player standpoint, God, that would be like just the absolutely perfect fit. Um, also, I think you can fleece the Canucks into just something because um, I, I don't think very highly of that organization right now. I know betting's gone, but their decision-making hasn't exactly been exceptional either. So we're going to talk more about trade uh, targets. I, I don't want to be like radio guy, like, hey, tune in on Sunday. But we are going to do a bit of a deeper dive into trade targets coming up on Sunday's show. But I think the Flames actually do have at least a couple of assets. I've said it before, if you're not going to play the kids, trade them. Like, and I, I'm not saying put Matthew Phillips on the block and just see what you can get for him. But at this point, if you're not calling up some of these kids because you're hell-bent on just playing three to four shitty players a night, use the, the value these kids have as trade assets. So if the Flames want to get aggressive, I actually do think they have a couple of things that, uh, a couple of bullets in the chamber that they can kind of use in these types of situations. I, I think the next couple of months is going to be endlessly fascinating from a Flames standpoint uh can't uh, oh already said that can't underestimate the blues and the predators no totally can't but definitely beat them uh peter we have a top six winger he plays for the wranglers he wears number 18 like i said if you're not going to call the kids up trade them but I mean, there's at least a couple of things there for sure um I think that's going to do it. Like we said, the next game coming up is Sunday. I do have a guest lined up, but things can change. Um, so keep it locked on my social media for that. I'm at Primetime Klein on Twitter and Instagram if you want to follow me on there. I also do a podcast called Couch Potato Diary. I don't talk about it a ton on here because I'm really bad at promoting myself. But uh, there it is. It's out three-ish times uh, a week. Um, so Sunday, after the Flames game against the Blackhawks, we will be back one more time. Please like this video. I think the show is great. If you think it was good to great, give us a like. Subscribe to the channel, share these videos, subscribe to the podcast, and let's keep this thing rolling. The Flames, with a win over the Islanders, we'll see if they can make it two in a row as they start what I believe is a very important road trip on Sunday, and I'll be back to break it all down after that game. I hope you all have a wonderful Friday evening, and I will talk to you all later. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.